ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد So carrying on then with the tafsir of Juz Amma, we got up to now Surah Al-Kafirun. And that is where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, قُلْ يَا أَيُّهَا الْكَافِرُونَ لَا أَعْبُدُ مَا تَعْبُدُونَ وَلَا أَنْتُمْ عَابِدُونَ مَا أَعْبُدُ وَلَا أَنَا عَابِدٌ مَا عَبَدْتُمْ وَلَا أَنْتُمْ عَابِدُونَ مَا أَعْبُدُ So here it is mentioned Say O Muhammad Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Say to the mushrikun and to the kuffar O disbelievers in Allah I do not worship what you worship nor will you worship that which I worship, and I shall not worship that which you are worshipping, and nor will you worship that which I worship. To you be your religion, and to me my religion of Tawheed. So here as Shaykh Al-Hameen Rahimahullah Ta'ala mentions هذه السورة هي إحدى سورتي الإخلاص that this surah is one of the two surahs of sincerity of Al-Ikhlas the other one of course Surah Al-Ikhlas and here is the second one under that same category of sincerity and purity of worship. So they say that this is the second of the surahs indicating al-ikhlas. لِأَنَّ سُورَتَيْ الْإِخْلَاسِ قُلْ يَا أَيُّهَا الْكَافِرُونَ وَقُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدٌ because the two chapters of Al-Ikhlas, of sincerity and purity of religion to Allah alone, they are, قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدٌ And this one, قُلْ يَا أَيُّهَا الْكَافِرُونَ وَكَانَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ يَقْرَأُ بِهِمَا فِي سُنَّةِ الْفَجْرِ وَفِي سُنَّةِ الْمَغْرِبِ وَفِي رَكَعَتَيْ الطَّوَافِ and the Prophet ﷺ used to recite these two chapters in the Sunnah of Fajr, the two raka'at, Sunnah of Fajr, Al-Kafirun in one raka'ah, Al-Ikhlas in the other raka'ah, and also in the Sunnah of the Maghrib prayer, and also in the two raka'at that you pray uh, after completing tawaf. For example, when you do umrah, 
You do the tawaf, then after the tawaf, you don't go straight to do the sa'i between Safa and Marwa, but after the tawaf, you are supposed to first read two raka'at behind Maqami Ibrahim. Then after that, drink some zamzam, do another ishara, etc. Then go to do the sa'i between Safa and Al Marwa. So in those two raka'at after the tawaf, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to recite, قُلْ يَا أَيُّهَا الْكَافِرُونَ and قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدٌ Why? لِمَا تَضَمَّنَتَاهُ مِنَ الْإِخْلَاصِ لِلَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلْ وَثَنَاءُ عَلَيْهِ بِالصِّفَاتِ الْكَامِلَةِ فِي سُورَةِ قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدٌ And that is because of what they incorporate or include from the sincerity to Allah. Meaning both of these chapters, they indicate the need for sincerity of worship to Allah alone. They indicate the need and necessity for tawheed. Both of these chapters emphasize that point. And so the Prophet ﷺ used to recite them in the two raka'at of Fajr and Maghrib and the two raka'at after doing the tawaf. And also because they have within them the praise of Allah in terms of His complete and perfect attributes. وَثَنَاءَ عَلَيْهِ بِالصِّفَاتِ الْكَامِلَةِ And then قُلْ يَا أَيُّهَا الْكَافِرُونَ يُنَادِيهِمْ يُعْلِنْ لَهُمْ بِالنِّدَاءِ يَا أَيُّهَا الْكَافِرُونَ وَهَذَا يَشْمَلُ كُلَّ كَافِرٍ سَوَاءً كَانَ مِنَ الْمُشْرِكِينَ أَوْ مِنَ الْيَهُودِ أَوْ مِنَ النَّصَارَى أَوْ مِنَ الشَّيُعِيِّينَ أَوْ مِنْ غَيْرِهِمْ The beginning of this chapter when Allah says Say, O Muhammad, to the kafirun. The kafirun includes every type of them. Whether it is the Jews, whether it is the Christians, whether it is the communists, whether it is the polytheists, the mushrikun generally, or other than them, every kafir is under this banner. Every kafir is included here. Qul ya ayyuhal kafirun. Say, O disbelievers, all of the disbelievers, every type, whatever they may be upon, Jews, Christians, mushrikun, every type of them are under that call. كُلُّ كَافِرٍ يَجِبُ أَن تُنَادِيَهُ بِقَلْبِكَ أَوْ بِلِسَانِكَ إِنْ كَانَ حَاضِرًا لِتَتَبَرَّأَ مِنْهُ وَمِنْ عِبَادَتِهِ So the messenger is being told that you must now call upon every kafir with your heart or your tongue if he is actually present in order to declare your innocence from their worship. The messenger is being told, call upon the kuffar, literally, 
for the ones who are there and tell them and internally that you recognize your separation from every kafir and the worship of shirk that they are upon. So call upon all of the disbelievers either physically with your tongue if they are there or in your heart otherwise in relation to every other kafir in order to declare your innocence from what they worship and the shirk that they are upon. So what do you say to them? قُلْ يَا أَيُّهَا الْكَافِرُونَ لَا أَعْبُدُ مَا تَعْبُدُونَ That I do not worship that which you worship. I do not worship that which you worship. And that neither do you worship what I worship. And then once again emphasized, and I will not worship what you worship, and you will not worship what I worship. كُرِّرَتِ الْجُمَلِ عَلَى مَرَّتَيْنِ مَرَّتَيْنِ لَا أَعْبُدُ مَا تَعْبُدُونَ These ayat, these sentences, you can see they have been repeated in twos. لَا أَعْبُدُ مَا تَعْبُدُونَ وَلَا أَنْتُمْ عَابِدُونَ مَا أَعْبُدُ وَلَا أَنَا عَابِدٌ مَا عَبَدْتُمْ وَلَا أَنْتُمْ عَابِدُونَ مَا أَعْبُدُ It's a repetition. I do not worship what you worship, you do not worship what I worship. I will not worship what you worship, you will not worship what I worship. Twice it's mentioned, repeated, the same type of meaning. لا أعبد ما تعبدون أي لا أعبد الذين تعبدونهم وهم الأصنام So when you say I will not worship and I do not worship what you worship What is it that they worship? The idols that I will not worship any of those idols that you worship وَلَا أَنْتُمْ عَابِدُونَ مَا أَعْبُدُ And you do not worship and will not worship who I worship. And that is of course Allah. وَهُوَ اللَّهُ وَمَا هُنَا فِي قَوْلِهِ مَا أَعْبُدُ بِمَعْنَى مَنْ لِأَنَّ اسْمَ الْمَوْصُولِ إِذَا عَادَ إِلَى اللَّهِ فَإِنَّهُ يَأْتِ بِلَفْضِ مَنْ so here when it says the ma wala antum abiduna ma a'bud normally when you learn arabic at the beginning the basic arabic man they tell you in english means who and ma means what like you learn in medina book 1 ma hadha what is this lighayr al-aqil and man hadha who is this lil but here the shaykh says, even though it says, وَلَا أَنْتُمْ عَابِدُونَ مَا أَعْبُدُ The ism al here means man, because it is in reference to Allah. So it's as though you are actually saying that you do not worship the one who I worship. You do not worship and you will not worship the one who I worship. So, لا أعبد ما تعبدون ولا أنتم عابدون ما أعبد يعني أنا لا أعبد أصنامكم وأنتم لا تعبدون الله. So the meaning very basically that I do not worship your idols that you worship, and you don't worship Allah who I worship.
ولا أنا عابد ما عبدتم ولا أنتم عابدون ما أعبد قد يظن الظان أن هذه مكررة للتوكيد وليس كذلك لأن الصيغة مختلفة A person may think that these two ayahs or these four ayahs basically being repeated over is just purely for the sake of emphasis but it is not it is not purely just for the sake of emphasis there is more to it behind that and we know there is more to it than that because the the construction of the ayat are different the way that the wording of the ayat is are different the first one says la a'budu ma ta'budun but in the second one wala ana abidun ma abadtum and then for them wala antum abiduna and the second one wala antum abiduna ma a'bud so in the first two a'budu and abidun they are different forms la a'budu ma ta'buduna fi'l وَلَا أَنَا عَابِدٌ مَا عَبَدْتُمْ عَابِدٌ وَعَابِدُونَ إِسْمٌ وَالتَّوْكِيدْ لَا بُدَّ أَنْ تَكُونَ الْجُمْلَةَ الثَّانِيَةَ الْأُولَى إِذَنْ الْقَوْلِ بِأَنَّهُ كُرِّرَ لِلتَّوْكِيدِ ضَعِيفٌ إِذَنْ لِمَاذَا هَذَا التِّكْرَارِ So in the first one it says أنا لا أعبد لا أعبد as a verb لا أعبد ما تعبدون I do not worship that which you worship as a verb but in the second one ولا أنا عابد ما عبدتم that one there is like the اسم الفاعل it's an اسم a noun in one ayah it is the verb used in the other ayah it is the noun used so there's a difference in how the ayahs are constructed one with a verb, one with a noun. So it can't just be for the sake of emphasis. There must be something more behind it. Why else would one ayah be with a verb and the other one with a noun? There must be something behind it. And the shaykh explains what that could be. قَالَ بَعْضُ الْعُلَمَاءِ لَا أَعْبُدُ مَا تَعْبُدُونَ أي الآن ولا أنا عابد ما عبدتم في المستقبل. They say that in the first one, قل يا أيها الكافرون لا أعبد ما تعبدون. That this ayah indicates the present tense right now. As it stands right now, I do not worship what you worship. And ولا أنتم عابدون ما أعبد. Neither do you worship what I worship. But then in the next one, وَلَا أَنَا عَابِدٌ مَّا عَبَدْتُمْ In this second one, they say the noun is there to indicate a future tense or continuous meaning. That neither will I ever worship that which you worship. So I do not worship what you worship now. And neither will I ever worship that which you worship. So that could be one explanation that the verb indicates right now and the noun indicates a continuous meaning into the future and therefore it's an absolute negation.
I do not worship what you worship now or in the future will I ever worship that. That is one possible meaning. فَصَارَ لَا أَعْبُدُ مَا تَعْبُدُونَ أي فِي الْحَالِ وَلَا أَنَا عَابِدٌ مَا عَبَدْتُمْ يعني في المستقبل لأن الفعل المضارع يدل على الحال because the present tense verb indicates the present tense so that one would indicate I do not worship what you are worshipping and the noun can indicate the future it can indicate a, a general meaning open an open meaning so neither do I worship what you are worshipping now nor will I worship what you are worshipping into the future فَلِأَنَّ الْفِعْلِ الْمُضَارِعِ يَدُلُّ عَلَى الْحَالِ وَاسْمُ الْفَاعِلِ يَدُلُّ عَلَى الْإِسْتِقْبَالِ So the noun indicates the future tense بِدَلِيلِ أَنَّهُ عَمَلِ وَاسْمُ الْفَاعِلِ لَا يَعْمَلْ إِلَّا إِذَا كَانَ لِلْإِسْتِقْبَالِ And that is because the اسمُ الْفَاعِلِ The noun in the Arabic language indicating the one who does a particular verb then that person can only do that verb into the future tense it's going to be something that they are going to do la a'budu ma ta'budun al-an wa la antum a'biduna ma a'bud yani al-an wa la ana a'bidun ma 'abadtum yani fi al-mustaqbal wa la antum a'biduna ma 'abud yani fi al-mustaqbal so the first two ayats are present tense right now. I do not worship what you worship and you are not worshipping what I worship. And the second two are future tense. Neither will I worship what you worship and neither will you worship what I worship. And you can see that in the uh, translation of the meanings by Muhsin Khan and Taqiyuddin al-Hilali. They say in the first ones, I worship not that which you worship nor do you worship that which I worship or will you worship that which I worship but in the second one they changed it and I shall not worship that which you are worshipping to indicate future tense to indicate the future tense meaning so that is what needs to be understood there this is one opinion this is one opinion in tafsir that the first two ayat are negating present tense, the second two are negating future tense. Lakin, as Sheikh Al Uthameen says, Urida ala hadha al qawl irat. Kayfa qal, wala antum abiduna ma abud, ma annahum. قَدْ يُؤْمِنُونَ فَيَعْبُدُونَ اللَّهِ فِي الْمُسْتَقْبَلِ وَعَلَى هَذَا فَيَكُونُ فِي هَذَا الْقَوْلِ نَوْعٌ مِنَ الضَّعْرِ So if the first two ayat, which is ayah number two and three, لَا أَعْبُدُ مَا تَعْبُدُونَ وَلَا أَنْتُمْ عَابِدُونَ مَا أَعْبُدُ Upon this particular statement, we are saying that means I do not worship what you are worshipping right now. And neither do you worship what I am worshipping. And then, وَلَا أَنَا عَابِدٌ مَا عَبَدْتُمْ Is meaning, neither will I 
Worship what you worship in the future tense and wala antum abiduna ma a'bud is therefore also saying neither will you worship what I worship into the future tense. But what if some of them become Muslim afterwards? How can it be said to all of the kuffar? We said in the first ayah, this is an address to all of the kuffar. But how can that be? Maybe some of them will become Muslim. And indeed they did. How many of them? The Sahaba, they were originally with the mushrikun and they became Muslim afterwards. So that is a problem now. Upon this particular statement of the first two ayat being present tense and the second two being future tense, then this issue does come up. How could it be? وَلَا أَنْتُمْ عَابِدُونَ مَا أَعْبُدُ And neither are you going to worship what I worship. How can that be when some of them are going to end up worshipping Allah? They did become Muslim afterwards. That's why some of the scholars say that this statement or this opinion about the first two being present tense and the second two being future tense may not actually be a very strong explanation. That it may not actually really be a very strong explanation because of that problem. Some of them obviously became Muslim in the future. But the scholars who took this first opinion about present tense, future tense, responded to that. They explained it. They explained that problem. They said, وَلَا أَنْتُمْ عَابِدُونَ مَا the future tense one, the second time, neither are you going to worship what I worship in the future, so you're not going to become Muslim. They said, that's okay, it's not a problem, because يُخَاطِبُ الْمُشْرِكِينَ الَّذِينَ عَلِمَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَىٰ أَنَّهُمْ لَنْ يُؤْمِنُوا فَيَكُونُ الْخِطَابِ لَيْسَ عَامًا وَهَذَا مِمَّا يُضَعِفُ الْقَوْلِ بَعْضَ الشَّيْءِ so they say, no, in the second ayah, you are not going to worship what I worship. You're not going to become Muslim. They say the tafsir of that is that you are addressing the mushrikun whom Allah knew were not going to become Muslim. Not the ones who were. But then again, you could say, how can you make that distinction and differentiation in the ayah? So some of the scholars do say that there's maybe a little bit of an issue with that opinion of present tense, future tense, even with their explanation, which is that the future tense one is only talking about the kuffar, who Allah knew weren't going to become Muslim, and not the other ones. Then even that differentiation, how do you really get to it? So there's a little bit of a problem with that opinion of present tense, future tense. But that is an explanation of those ayat. So far then, you could say, one opinion of the scholars about these ayat being repeated is that it is just emphasis. But as Shaykh al said, that's not really a strong opinion because the ayat are in different forms. One is a verb, one is a noun. But it's an opinion of some scholars, it's just emphasis. The second opinion then was no, it's about present tense and future tense. And that one has a problem with it too because you can't really explain what about the kuffar who become Muslim. 
you can't really say no, but the ayah is just talking about the ones who weren't going to become Muslim. Still a bit problematic. So there's a third opinion about why these ayat are repeated. Al-Qawl al-Thalith, La a'abudu ma ta'abudun, that I do not worship that which you worship. A. لا أعبد الأصنام التي تعبدونها that I do not worship the idols that you worship ولا أنتم عابدون ما أعبد and you do not worship who I worship meaning Allah ولا أنا عابد ما عبدتم ولا أنتم عابدون ما أعبد أي now the second Time the ayat have been repeated. What's the opinion in this third opinion? Ay fil ibadah. Yani laysat ibadati ka ibadatikum. Wala ibadatukum ka ibadati. Fayakunu hadha nafyun lil fi'il la lil maf'uli bih. Yani laysa nafyan lil ma'bud. لَكِنَّهُ نَفْيٌ لِلْعِبَادَةِ أَيْ لَا أَعْبُدُكَ عِبَادَتِكُمْ وَلَا تَعْبُدُونَ أَنْتُمْ كَعِبَادَتِي لِأَنَّ عِبَادَتِي خَالِصَ لِلَّهِ وَعِبَادَتُكُمْ عِبَادَةُ شِرْكِ Some of the scholars, this is the third opinion, they said that and I do not worship what you worship and you do not worship what I worship they say it's not actually about the idols and Allah. It is about the form of worship. That I do not worship how you worship. And you do not worship how I worship. The method of worship, they say, is what's intended by the repetition of the ayah. It is a, 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 an explanation of the method of worship. I do not worship like you worship. Your forms of worship and your methods of worship. And you do not worship as I worship and my forms of worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. فَنَفْيٌ هُوَ نَفْيٌ لِلْعِبَادَةِ عِبَادَتِكُمْ وَلَا تَعْبُدُونَ أَنْتُمْ كَعِبَادَتِي Again though, you could argue the same as number three. So even if the ayah means, I do not worship in the manner that you worship, and you do not worship in the manner that I worship, but in the future some of them may end up worshipping Allah in the manner that you are worshipping if they become Muslim. So the same problem could exist in that opinion too. So there's a fourth opinion. Al-Qawlu al-Rabi'ah. واختاره شيخ الإسلام ابن تيمية رحمه الله أن قوله لا أعبد ما تعبدون ولا أنتم عابدون ما أعبد هذا الفعل فوافق القول الأول في هذه الجملة وَلَا أَنَا عَابِدٌ مَا عَبَدْتُمْ وَلَا أَنْتُمْ عَابِدُونَ مَا أَعْبُدْ أي في القبول 
بمعنى ولن أقبل غير عبادتي ولن أقبل عبادتي عبادتكم وأنتم كذلك لن تقبلوا فتكون الجملة الأولى عائدة على الفعل والجملة الثانية عائدة على القبول والرضا يعني لا أعبده ولا أرضاه وأنتم كذلك لا تعبدون الله ولا ترضون بعبادته وهذا القول إذا تأملته لا يرد عليه شيء من الهفوات السابقة فيكون قولا حسنا جيدا ومن هنا نأخذ أن القرآن الكريم ليس فيه شيء مكرر لغير فائدة إطلاقا ليس فيه شيء مكرر إلا وله فائدة So here the fourth opinion the opinion that Sheikh Islam ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah ta'ala also selected and chose is that in the first set قُلْ يَا أَيُّهَا الْكَافِرُونَ لَا أَعْبُدُ مَا تَعْبُدُونَ وَلَا أَنْتُمْ عَابِدُونَ مَا أَعْبُدُ In the first two ayat that is talking about the verb the verb that I do not worship what you worship and you do not worship what I worship as the verb, as the action straightforward in that but then the second one وَلَا أَنَا عَابِدٌ مَا عَبَدْتُمْ وَلَا أَنْتُمْ عَابِدُونَ مَا عَبُدُ This second one, it is about the acceptance of your deeds. The acceptance of your deeds. That I will never accept your worship and be content with it. And you will not accept my worship and be content with it. I do not accept your worship or I do not accept anything other than my worship and I will not accept your worship and you do not accept my worship. So the first set of the ayat is about the action and the second set of the ayat is about the acceptance of those actions. يعني لا أعبده ولا أرضاه وأنتم كذلك لا تعبدون الله ولا ترضون بعبادته. That I do not accept or am content with the worship that you are upon and you do not accept and are not content with the worship that I am upon. The Shaykh says, if you ponder over this carefully, then in reality the problems of the previous opinions do not apply in the way that they applied in the previous opinions. And so this fourth opinion appears to be the best one. That the second set of ayat is about the acceptance of those deeds. I will not accept what you are upon or be happy or content with what you are upon. Just as you do not accept what I am upon and you are not content with what I am upon. 
And so there isn't really any issue of present tense or future tense in that. It's not about present tense or future tense in this fourth opinion. It is simply about acceptance. Right now, I do not worship what you worship. You do not worship what I worship. I do not accept or I am not content with what you are worshipping and what you are doing. Just as you right now are not content and do not accept what I worship, how I worship, who I worship. So there's no future tense meaning. In the future tense, if they become Muslim, then they accept the worship. But right now, this is all in the present tense about the actual action and then the acceptance. Rather than present tense and future tense. And that's why the Shaykh says, in the Qur'an, there is nothing that is repeated without any benefit behind it. Nothing is repeated just for the sake of repetition. Nothing in the Qur'an is repeated just for the sake of repetition. Rather, if something is repeated, there will be some benefit behind that repetition, some reason behind it. لِأَنَّنَا لَوْ قُلْنَا إِنَّ فِي الْقُرْآنِ شَيْئًا مُكَرَّرًا بِدُونِ فَائِدَةً لَكَانَ فِي الْقُرْآنِ مَا هُوَ لَهُ وَهُوَ مُنَزَّهٌ عَنْ ذَلِكَ If we were to say that there are things repeated in the Qur'an just for the sake of repetition, for no other benefit, just for the sake of repetition, then that would mean that we are saying the Qur'an has in it ayat that are of no benefit and no use and that is something obviously can never be attributed to the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala everything is by purpose and intention and benefit so then he gives some more examples isn't that repeated so many times in that ayah but all of those there are meanings behind them and reasons behind them None of those are repeated purely for the sake of repetition. Then Allah says at the end of the ayah, لَكُمْ دِينُكُمْ That for you is your religion and for me is mine. لَكُمْ دِينُكُمْ الَّذِي أَنْتُمْ عَلَيْهِ وَتَدِينُونَ بِهِ You have your religion that you are upon and that you practice. Wali dini, and for me, I have my religion. dinikum. I am innocent of your religion and what you are upon. Waantum bariuna min dini, and you are innocent of what I am upon. You are not upon tawheed. Some of the scholars they said, jihad. That this surah was revealed before the obligation of jihad. Before the obligation of jihad. لِأَنَّهُ بَعْدَ الْجِهَادِ لَا يُقَرْءَ الْكَافِرْ عَلَى دِينِهِ إِلَّا بِالْجِزْيَةِ إِنْ كَانُوا مِنْ أَهْلِ الْكِتَابِ وَعَلَى الْقَوْلِ الرَّاجِحِ أَوْ مِنْ غَيْرِهِمْ some of the scholars said this surah was revealed before the obligation of jihad. Because once the obligation of jihad came, and the Muslims went and did jihad and conquered a land, the kuffar who were in that land were no longer 
allowed to just remain upon their kufr and they were acknowledged upon that, that you are upon what you worship and I don't worship. And they weren't just left like that. They had to do what? Pay the, the jizya. They had to pay, as you call it, like the tax. They had to pay that then and they couldn't just be left now and okay, you're kafir and you believe yours and I believe in my religion and as you wish. It wasn't like that after jihad was established. So the scholar said perhaps it would seem to be the case that this surah was revealed prior to the obligation of jihad coming. And this is something that the scholars do look at in the evidences of the Quran and the Sunnah to try and work out when was a particular evidence revealed. When was a particular ayah revealed? When was a particular hadith revealed? Because sometimes it can have an impact. If, a, if an evidence was revealed early on, maybe an evidence that was revealed later abrogates it. Maybe there is a nasikh wal mansukh, maybe. So sometimes you have to know these details of when a particular evidence was revealed, just in case it comes to the issue of is something abrogated or not. It's like the people of deviation, Ahl Bid'ah. They say, Al-Mas'h ala al-Khufayn is mansukh. That's what they say, Ahl Bid'ah. They say, wiping over the socks, the evidences are authentic. The adillah, they are thabita, authentic. But they say, all of the ahadith about wiping over the socks, which are sahih narrations, mutawatir, all of them, they say, are abrogated, mansukha. With what? What is the, the, what makes them mansukh? Every hadith about wiping over the socks, they say, all of them mansukh. With what? The ayah of wudu, ayah al-ma'idah. Ya ayyuhaladheena amanu idha qumtum ila salah. In that one at the end it says, about your feet, washing, faghsilu, and then at the end, wa arjulakum, yani ighsilu, arjulakum. Doesn't say imsahu. There's nothing in the ayah of the Qur'an in surah al-ma'idah that says anything about wiping over the feet, is there? The ayah in the Qur'an when it discusses wudu, only mentions washing the feet. The ayah in the Quran doesn't mention wiping over the socks or wiping over the feet. Only washing is mentioned in the ayah. So they say that this ayah came at the end and all of the ahadith came early, before. So they say this ayah doesn't mention anything about al-masah. It is only washing. So it abrogates all of those ayat and so now there is no wiping that's what they say but then the scholars of hadith they investigated they analyzed and investigated is it true that the ayah in surah al-ma'idah talking about when you want to pray then wash your faces arms to the elbows etc that ayah of wudu was it revealed at the end after all of the hadith or not? So when they investigated, they found out this is not true. 
the people of innovation, they were mistaken and incorrect. It is not true. There are a hadith that were revealed after this ayah. And there are some of the uh, uh, narrations mentioned. Uh, Jarir ibn Abdullah, radiallahu anhu, I think. One of them, he mentioned about wiping over the socks. And they asked him, su'ila. In the narration it says, they asked him. When he narrated the hadith about wiping over the socks. Was this after or before the uh, uh, ayatul ma'idah? He said to them, وَهَلْ أَسْلَمْتُ إِلَّا بَعْدْ آيَةِ الْمَائِدَةِ He said, when did I even become Muslim? When did I even start hearing hadith from the messenger? I became Muslim after that ayah in al-ma'idah had been revealed. So his hadith from the messenger about wiping over the socks was definitely after the ayah had already been revealed. He said to them when they asked him, and when did I even become Muslim? He said that. وَهَلْ أَسْلَمْتُ إِلَّا بَعْدِ الْآيَةِ And did I even become Muslim until after the ayah was revealed? Proving that his hadith and what he saw from the messenger about wiping was definitely after the ayah. So there's no uh, abrogation. Even some of those other narrations, the hadith of Al-Mughirah ibn Shu'bah, when they were uh, going to the battle, battle of Tabuk, they were going towards the battle of Tabuk. And in that battle as they were going, it mentions uh, Al-Mughira ibn Shu'ba radiallahu anhu, we did it here. You remember in Bolton, we did it like four or five years ago. He said uh, the Prophet وسلم, was making wudu. He started making wudu. The Prophet started making wudu. So he said, فَأَهْوَيْتُ لِأَنزِعَ And the messenger at that time was wearing the khuf. The leather socks. He said, I bent down to take them off because he saw that the messenger started making wudu and he thought that you can't wipe, he needs to take off his socks to be able to wash his feet. So he said, I bent down to take them off so that when the messenger gets to the feet, he can wash them straight away. But he said, Leave them. Because I, I put them on in a state of purity. And this hadith of Al-Mughira ibn Shu'bah, it happened on the way to the battle or uh, somewhere around the battle of Tabuk. And that battle was one of the final battles, like a year before the death of the messenger. So definitely after the ayah again. So that's something you have to know sometimes about abrogation. And even then, Abrogation is the last thing that you do. People again, they misunderstand how to work fiqh and usul al-fiqh. Sometimes you have two narrations and they look like maybe there's a problem straight away. This one abrogate, abrogate. You don't do that. The first thing you have to try and do is make jama' between them or make tarjih between them. You can't do any of those things. Then at the bottom you do abrogation, last thing. So the point here was that some of the scholars, they said maybe this particular surah, it was revealed after the, uh, or before, sorry, before the obligation of jihad. Because then after the obligation, the jizya came in. However, lakin, 
الصحيح أنها لا تنافي الأمر بالجهاد حتى نقول إنها منسوخة بل هي باقية ويجب أن نتبرأ من دين اليهود والنصارى والمشركين في كل وقت وحين But let's imagine what we were talking about now jihad happens and they give jizya So now once they start giving jizya does it mean you no longer have to declare your innocence from them? Of course it does not mean that We continue to declare our innocence So the shaykh says the reality is it doesn't even matter Because even if we say the jizya had come in There's no problem You are still going to be declaring your innocence Of the religion of the mushrikeen In every time, in every place uh, And that's why we لهذا نقر اليهود والنصارى على دينهم بالجزية ونحن نعبد الله وهم يعبدون ما يعبدون فهذه سورة فيها البراءة والتخلي من عبادة غير الله عز وجل سواء في المعبود أو في نوع الفعل وفيها الإخلاص لله عز وجل وأن لا نعبد إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وإلى هنا نعم So the Sheikh says the ayah or these ayat this surah highlights that we can take the jizya or, or, or that you declare your innocence of the worship of the mushrikun and what they worship and how they worship and you make your worship sincere and pure for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we do not worship except Allah alone without any partners so that's why this particular chapter also comes under the general banner of being one of the two surahs of al-ikhlas you are highlighting here the meaning of tawheed that you will not worship anything besides Allah and you will not be pleased or accept anything or any form of worship to other than Allah so that is of course al-ikhlas hence this chapter and qul huwallahu ahad are known as the two chapters of al-ikhlas that brings us to a brief explanation of that particular chapter. Any questions so far? Hmm. So these narrations, or, or these are uh, the surah that we've done here today, and many other uh, uh, narrations in the sunnah about how to deal with the kuffar. Because there are people who might read this kind of surah and misunderstand it. And they think that you have to uh, attack the kuffar or go out and do all types of things of injustice and oppression and killing and looting and all types of things that they make permissible. Saying, look, the Quran tells us to do this and to do that and to declare your innocence of the kuffar. And like some of the khawarij and their types of thinking, they say if you live in a kafir country, the law of the land does not apply to you. You can go into a kafir shop and steal something and go halal. It doesn't apply. You have to, you're bari, min al kuffar, nothing to do with them. You can take some water, go, it's okay, halal, no problem. Complete misunderstanding, complete misguidance from the, uh, their limited comprehension of the texts and the evidences. The scholars, in a simple way, they say you have two perspectives. There is one perspective one view or one angle which is of course that you declare your innocence of the kuffar you declare your innocence of shirk 
you declare your innocence of all of that. And you hate kufr and shirk and the, the mushrikun. No doubt, that's there. But then there is another perspective and another vision and angle alongside this one that even though of course you hate and uh, uh, the kufar and shirk and the munafiqun and the, mushrik, uh, the mushrikun, the kufar, but still you have the, the, the uh, view and the, the vision and the angle that you are still going to give them da'wah and maybe some of these here end up afterwards being from the Muslims. So just because you declare your innocence of the kafir, it doesn't mean you're not even going to give them da'wah now. You're not even going to show them good etiquettes now or good manners now. You're not going to do nothing now, completely cut off. That's not what it means. The da'wah you give them, of course, you can make dua for a kafir to be guided. It's permissible to do those things and it's required to do those things. Look at the example of the messenger. He went to visit the Jew when the Jewish boy was dying. Jewish boy and the messenger went to visit him. And as you know in the narration, the boy ended up becoming Muslim. Even his own uncle Abu Talib, Kafir, was dying. He went, showed him good manners and etiquettes and called him and gave him da'wah. So with all of these types of ayat, narrations, yes, it is there regarding the hatred of kufr and shirk. But also from the other angle, you recognize that you have to show the goodness of Islam. And the good da'wah, the good etiquette, and call those people, and who knows how many of them, they become Muslims afterwards. The problem with the people, the khawarij and the ikhwanis, and all of those types of individuals, they only have this one vision. They'll pick out these ayat about jihad and about uh, uh, declare your innocence from the kuffar. They'll pick out all of those, and they say, there you go, we have to do this, we have to do that, we have to fight, we have to, all of those things. And they completely ignore everything else in the religion. Mm-hmm.